Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we're going to be looking at 1 John. Uh, we're going to start at uh, chapter 2, um, the last verse or so. Um, I'm going to, McGee starts at verse 29, I'll start at verse 28, just to uh, have that section read. And then we're going to be starting into chapter 3 and go down to verse 6. Now we've been talking yesterday, we had kind of had a, uh, an overview of 1 John and the sort of the big concepts in the first and second chapters. We talked about the, the, the AAA, the attributes of Christ. Christ is the life in this world, the light and the love of this world, uh, the anointing of Christ, and the abiding relationship that we have in Christ. We talked about all that. And this word abide is so powerful. God's Holy Spirit is living in you right now. You have His righteousness right now. And your spirit is with God in heaven right now. That's so comforting to me. Your spirit is with God in heaven right now. Right now. And um, so, this abiding relationship is a gift to us through Jesus Christ. We don't have that relationship without Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's all about Jesus Christ. And so this abiding relationship is um, what we've been spending time on. And so now um, what we're going to look at is what does this abiding relationship look like? And I think John gets into it a little bit more. He takes it to another level as to what this abiding relationship looks like. Yes, God's righteousness his spirit is in you. And that's amazing when you think about it, because with Christianity, um, God gives you all of the reward right up front. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says, Every spiritual blessing is already given to you in heaven. You have it already as a deposit. Um, and so you didn't have to earn it, you didn't have to do anything. Um, you just have to believe in in, the, in Jesus Christ. Jesus has already laid down His life for you. You've been saved. You've been ransomed. He's the propitiation for your sins, as we talked about 
in uh, chapter 2, verse 2. He is the propitiation for your sins. He's already done everything. He's done the heavy lifting. So, unlike, unlike other religions, Christianity is a relationship. It's all about knowing Christ and having that relationship with His Father. The love of the Father for you. And so, this abiding relationship that we were talking about, one of these uh, big uh, themes here in John. Um, now we're going to look at this a little bit more. What's it, what does it look like? So let's jump in. We'll start at the end of verse, uh, in chapter, the end of chapter 28 and just transition right into chapter 3. So chapter 28 I'm chapter 2, verse 28, reads, And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. Okay, so he's saying, you abide in him, your spirit be with him. Abide in him. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. And so so he's saying, what does abiding in him look like? You know, you say, well, okay, I don't really understand what that means. I'm abiding in him. I, I really haven't gone anywhere. How can I be in him? Okay, so... He's saying because He's righteousness, if you're abiding in Him and He's abiding in you, which we've been talking about, He is saying you've got to put that righteousness into practice. You've got to, now that you have the righteousness of God in you, you've got to do something about it. It, it wouldn't be enough just to have God dwelling in you. He's saying you've got to practice it. You've got to live the righteousness. So this is not a passive call here. And so we're not called just to have God live in us and we can walk around feeling great about that. He's saying practice God's righteousness. Not your worldliness, but God's righteousness. And you never know when you look at somebody if they have the righteousness of God in them or not. But he's saying... If you see how they act, you can see, you may be sure that this person has been born of him. And when we say born, it's kind of referring to a rebirth. Because as Christ died on the cross and was raised again from the dead, we share in that death on the cross and we share in that resurrection from the dead into life. We have been raised from the dead already. Isn't it a comforting? Isn't it comforting? Maybe this is the Holy Spirit giving me a little insight into this too. Isn't it comforting? Every, you know, everybody's scared. Oh, I'm going to die in some hospital room. What's going to happen later? Well, Jesus is saying, you've already been resurrected. You've already been resurrected. You shared the resurrection with me. So, the physical body, you, you know, that... That may pass, but your spirit's already been resurrected. 
Why? Because you're abiding with the Father already in heaven. You've already been resurrected from the dead. You already live with God. You're abiding in Him, and He's abiding in you. So, if we're abiding, we've already been resurrected. We've already been born, reborn. And so... We already have His righteousness. We need to put His righteousness into practice. So that is a huge verse to me. And chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now, see what kind of love the Father has given to us. Okay? Let's look at it. He's saying, this is what it looks like. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, because we've been reborn, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Again, it's all about Jesus. It's not about us. Beloved, we are God's children. So He refers to us as children of God. We are God's children. And now, now again, this is children born of Jesus Christ's resurrection. And we've already been resurrected from the dead as children of God. And what we will be has not yet appeared. There's already, we've already been resurrected from the dead. We're children of God. And what we are destined to be, we haven't seen yet because we've been resurrected spiritually. But we know, we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. Why? Because we've been resurrected with the dead with Him. We've been born of Him. We are children of Him because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. We've been purified. We are purified by Him. Hopes in Him. So we have His righteousness in us. We are children of God. We've already been resurrected from the dead. And we are purified by Him. So, everyone, verse 4, who makes a practice. So now we're abiding in Him. We've got to put that righteousness into practice. He's saying it's not, you've already, you've already got it. You've already been resurrected. But now you want to put into practice. And it's how you put your righteousness into practice that matters. And if you, he says, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. So he's saying this is what it looks like. If you're abiding in, in, in Christ and in God the Father through Christ... You have to put it into practice, what you are. And you don't put it, sin into practice. You put righteousness into practice. And if anyone does sin, as he said back in, in chapter 2, verse um, 1, my little children, he refers to them as children again. Those people who've been born of God, born through, uh, has been resurrected with Christ. 
I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ, the righteous. Have you ever heard him said like that? Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's the propitiation for our sins, but also the sins of the whole world. So we know him if we keep his commandments. We have to keep his commandments, and that is love one another. Chapter 3 is tying right back into chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way he walked. So we walk or we put into practice his, his uh, commandments, his attributes. So it's what we put into practice that really matters. And if you stumble and fall, you can get back up. This is a metaphor to walking. But we have Jesus Christ to hope in, to purify ourselves. Chapter 3, verse 7, little children. Again, this reference to little children. Little children means you've been born of him. You've been You've died with him on the cross. You've been raised from the dead already. You've already been raised from the dead. And when you say you're a, a child of God, you're really, this. my spiritual insight here right now from the Holy Spirit is telling me that you're when you're claiming to be a child of God, you're claiming the resurrection. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. We have to practice righteousness. That's what abiding looks like. We put into practice righteousness. And we have to try. We have to practice righteousness. And that becomes righteousness as Christ is righteous because Christ is in us. And so I think this word about abiding means something really powerful to me. God is in you, but you, but what it really blows my mind is that I'm in God. I'm, my spirit is already with God. And that blew my mind the other day. But now when I just look at this, that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of Him. And these references multiple times to children of God. And that as I understand, children of God means... Not just that we're little children in our faith. It means, spiritually, we died with Christ on the cross. We were raised with Christ. And so, if we share in His death on the cross, we share in His resurrection. And when we share in His resurrection, we already that already implies our spirit has been resurrected from the dead already, and our spirit resides with God the Father in heaven through Jesus Christ, abiding in Him. Our spirit has already been saved. Our spirit has already been resurrected. What happens to the body? <clears throat> what happens to the body is 
going to happen. I mean, you're watching it. You're getting older every day. But the comforting thing is your spirit's already been taken care of. Isn't that beautiful? So we're going to stop here. And again, the Holy Spirit, I think, is just teaching us so much through this right now, at least for me. So I hope you get a lot out of this and realize what a powerful blessing it is to be a child of God. You've already shared with Jesus Christ's death. You've already shared with His resurrection. You've already been raised from the dead spiritually. And you're already abiding with the Father in heaven spiritually. Now you can put His righteousness into practice and become His righteousness. So, I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. And... This, isn't this a great study? Wow. So, God bless you all. Keep your heart centered on Christ. I'll see you. We'll see you Monday because Mon- we, we always take a break on the weekends. And so, we'll start up uh, Monday again in First uh, John. So now, to my co-host in Zambia, Matali, take it away. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from 1 John chapter 2, beginning at verse 29, all the way to chapter 3, verses 1 to verse 6. So the third chapter has been given the title, The Father's Love for His Children. So our teaching begins at verse 29 of 1 John chapter 2, and it reads, If you know that he is righteous you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him so it's one thing to testify and to you know um go about and say you're a christian and you know to say we know christ and are in him and it's another thing to have life that reveals that he is our righteousness so it's wonderful to know positionally that we are in christ to have that assurance and we are actually accepted in the beloved so john here is saying we recognize other believers by their lives that they live and not their lips because um, you have people who are very good at lip service but their lives don't reflect that they are accepted in the beloved and they are in Christ. So righteousness is, it's a family characteristic of the father and his children. God's children take after their father and they have his characteristics because you cannot, you know, be of one family and act differently like you don't belong to that family. You know, it's, it becomes questionable. You know, if your family are God-fearing people and, you know, you're living a certain way that, you know, hurts the cause of Christ or the family that you're in, you know, you tend to wonder. Or like just in application, if you go about, you know, talking ill about your family and saying, oh, you know, these people are like this and that. And, you know, people tend to question um, if you actually are a genuine member of that family. So now, chapter 3 of first john 
and I read verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. So here John is saying that we don't expect to be the sons of God. We are the sons of God. So it's not something we're expecting. We are the sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So if we have faith in Jesus Christ, we become sons of God. And this is something we should actually emphasize on in our lives. We are sons of God. We are children of God. So here John is talking about the kind of love you know that we are actually not accustomed to because here it says behold what manner of love you know it's it's a strange it's a deep it's it's a love it's a different kind of love um so he's talking about that kind of love that we're just not accustomed to um you know we're not accustomed to the father's love so god's love for us you know he has so much love for us um that he gave his only um son to die for us on the cross and today you know how many people would actually die for us you know, it's just a different kind of love. Uh, it's unexplainable. So how many people will actually die for us or will be willing to... And how many, Or how many people are we actually going to be willing to die for? That is love. So God loves us and his proof of his love is his son whom he gave to die for us. So the greatest motivating force in the world is God's love. That should motivate us to be good people. And it's the greatest drive in the human family today. So, you know, love is like the engine. It drives us. You know, man falls in love with a woman and the woman falls in love with a man. And if it's actually real and genuine love, you know, they will make sacrifices for each other. Love is what drives us because, you know, we, we want to feel loved and, you know, we want to love. That's our nature. So God's love for us is, you know, wonderful and it's glorious. And a true child of God proves his spiritual birth by being obedient to God uh, and being be obedient to God's word. And, um, you know, because scripture says, if you love me, um, obey my commandments. So this is, um, you know, a true child of God's he proves his spiritual birth by being obedient to God's word and here we have the love of God for us that should actually motivate us and cause us to want to live for God I mean he gave us his son so that we may be saved because we were not worth saving but because of that love and it should motivate us so you know here as it says behold what manner of love the father has bestowed on us so that what different kind of love you know the father has bestowed on us that's you know what what manner kind of love so we should um be called um we are children we are the children of god and some translations actually say um we are children of god so here it says uh what behold now sorry what am i saying um here sorry it reads behold what manner of love um, the father has bestowed on us that we should be called so you know some translations are have we are children of God um, and it actually states so so this brings out something that Dr. McGee has said it brings out our salvation right and our salvation is in three tenses Dr. McGee has actually said this um, 
a couple of times you know uh, our salvation is in three tenses and that's I have been saved that's in the past and the present tense I am being saved and then the future tense I shall be saved so I have been saved so the Lord said verily verily I say unto you he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life so this is something you know um you actually get the moment you trust God so we have been saved so the minute we just trust God we get this um, when we trust the Lord Jesus Christ so one will never actually be any more saved than the moment you actually trust God there's nothing like oh I'm more saved now and all you know we're saved the minute we actually put our trust and faith in him so he's addressing uh, the little children here because here it says um, that we shall be called children of God. So he's addressing the little children, God's children. So it's his children that he's bestowed this love. You know, you and me. It doesn't matter whether you're a mature um, saint or not. Like you're his child. So he's bestowed uh, this love upon us. And now, you know, they respond to the love like the children us children of God will respond to the love with obedience unto him and living a life that is well pleasing to him so here I have been saved you know the minute you accept Christ you have been saved but um, the second tense is I am being saved that's the present tense so Paul says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling it's God that works in you um, both to will and to do his good pleasure and peter says as um grow in grace and in the knowledge of the savior jesus christ and john has also talked um you know of this in great detail in um the same line that if we are the children of god we will be obedient to him that if you love um the lord jesus christ you will be obedient unto his commandments so you'll be obedient unto him and grow um and go on in the Christian faith and we can say I am being saved this is the present tense because every day we fall short of the glory of God and every day we are being saved verse 2 of First um, John chapter 3 reads behold now we are children of God and he has not yet been revealed sorry he has not yet been revealed what we shall be but we know that when he is revealed we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is so here right now we are the children of god not um we're going to be his children we are his children um as soon as we accept him and we are going to see the glorified christ and um you know we won't be equal to him but we are going to be like him you know, it won't be an exact replica. We're just going to be like him in our own way, you know, with our own little quirks and attitudes and, you know, um, and uh, descriptions and everything in our own way, in our own personality. He's not going to change our personality. We're just going to be like him. Uh, you know, we're not going to be, like, you know, like some programmed machine and all. And, you know, this is actually a great incentive to Christians living today. And this is you know the point that john makes in verse 3 which reads and everyone who has this hope 
that's blessed hope future blessed hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure so if you believe that uh jesus christ is coming and someday you know you will be like him this will actually cause you to live a pure life down here so we won't be identical to him someday but we will just be like him and this is another incentive for holy living so we are you know not wonderful right now if you look at us uh, but we shall be one day we shall be like him so we have here the father's love for his children that's i have been saved um and i am being saved and i am going to be saved that's uh, the father's love so he's constantly saving us every day the minute we accepted him we were saved and he's constantly saving us every day and we will be saved at that glorious coming of the lord jesus christ verse 4 goes on to read whomever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness so here john discusses the two natures of the believer in action so he's going down to where the rubber meets the road as um dr jv mcgee puts it i'm trying to do an accent but it's not working <laughs> so um yeah um you know here it means one who commits here um it says whoever commits so the word commits here it means one who continuously lives in sin it doesn't mean you know when you're a child of god you can't you're not you you know you stop sinning no we sin we fall short of his glory every day you know we sin in thoughts with sin in deed and you know we sin in the things that we do every day i mean we're living in um we're not of the world but we're living in the world and we have that old nature and we're sin uh, and we sin but you know what commits here means you know you're living continuously in sin and sins out of habit you know it goes on and you go on committing sin and you know living in sin so also commits um lawlessness so when 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 you commit sin um it's also uh, committing lawlessness as well so in other words god has made certain laws for example thou shalt not steal thou shalt not kill commit adultery you know and uh, so on and so forth and he still means this today these uh, commandments were given many many years ago and they still apply today and all the new um liberal thinking and modern morality and you know the way of life uh, and looking at things um isn't new at all it's not and um it goes back to paganism it was how man lived years ago so god has put up the law so that we know we are sinners so the the the, the law is like a mirror and um it shows us who we are and it shows us what we actually require so the law was never given to actually save it was given to reveal to man that he is a sinner verse 5 goes on to read and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him there is no sin so only the lord jesus christ can take away our sins no one else so he came for this purpose and uh, john wrote that he came to take away the sins of the world he um 
he bore the penalty of sin. So in this epistle that we're studying, he takes away the practice of sin in believers' lives. So uh, he is without sin, as was the sin offering that they used to um, give in the Old Testament. And he removes the guilt of sin, and he provides you know, the power to deliver from the habit of sinning, that continuous sinning. So he actually removes it if we actually believe and have faith in him. Verse 6 goes on to read, Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him or known him. So whoever abides in him does not sin. You know, that is the new nature. The new nature, um, you know, will not allow someone to live in sin. It, it will not sin. It will go along with um, the old nature. So they are in conflict. Um, so, you know, a sinner, uh, sorry, a sincere believer of Christ cannot, you know, continuously live in sin. If we take a look at the prodigal son. Uh, he was not going to live in the pig pen because he's not a pig. He was, he is a son. And um, he got out of the pig pen. So a child of God can get in sin and and out of it and go back to the Father and, and, and pray because they have that guilt that um, they will absolutely not live in sin because that's not where they belong. Because, um, you know, they are sons of the Father and they have his characteristics. So if you abide in Christ, that's the new nature. And that new nature will not sin. Um, so here it's not saying, you know, you will not sin at all. You will fall short of the glory of God. You will sin. But to continuously live in sin and be comfortable about it, you know, it becomes questionable if you are actually a child of God. Okay, so this is our teaching today. Um, we have moved into uh, a new chapter. And um, this is chapter 3. And um, it's, it's, it's looking at... Um, the love of a father um, the father's love for his children how much God loves us and he loves us so much and you know I hope we just um, remember that and reflect on it every day and um, you know be good do good um, do something that's pleasing to God do something for God thank you all for listening in have a pleasant weekend bye bye and God bless you. Thank you.